Welcome to Hope University, and we hope you are listening. We're your hosts, I'm Matthew Wood. I'm Meg Grosvenor. The Ginger Twins. The GNT. So grab yourself a slice of lime and let's stave off some intellectual scurvy with a loud blast of reason. <laughs> You um, you might not have uh, might not realise this, but when we were in court recently, oh, by the way, court, yeah, by the way, we were in court. No, we weren't. Well, we were. That's a lie. It's not a lie, as you'll know from the DVR evidence of what I've recorded. Have you forged evidence? No. We we actually in court. We were in court, son. So anyway, so I've got. I know we're not allowed to record it, but I still recorded. And uh, I've got. I managed to. I managed to get recording now. I wouldn't normally have released this because obviously it's a bit embarrassing. Um, there was a character defamation issue, but that turned into a murder charge. It was a nightmare, really. But what? Well, you know, people thought we were the same person, and we had to deal with that. But it, it's irrelevant, really. But it devolved into a murder case that we ended up being a part of somehow, bungling as we normally do. Classic, just ball bagging away some time, as we do. And uh, we just uh, yeah, we got into a bit of an issue. But I recorded it, and I thought it might be relevant. You recorded an event that hasn't happened. No, it did happen. Ergo, there's evidence for it. Anyway, okay. so I'm going to play the recording I've got, so, you know, just just get ready. Here All right. we go. All right? Okay. Wait, hold on, wait, wait, these are sound effects. Oh, what? This is sound, I can hear the sound of people. Well, no, this is the recording mm. of people yeah. with whom we were with. Yeah. I just don't remember being there. Well, I don't know where this has gone. It's part of your blackouts, isn't it? Uh, so, anyway, anyway, I'm going to start with the judges about to talk, so listen, yeah? <laughs> On the night of the 7th of March, 2017, the, de- the defendant, Jonathan Dirk, saw the victim, Abby Thomas, walking along their street. They decided they didn't like the look of this person, so they shot them with a shotgun in the street. So, at this time... There is no more, no less, to this case. That's a travesty, out. Matthew Wood, you are to defend this person. What, the murderer? Yes. John Dirk? Yes. Who murdered Abby Thomas? Yes. You want me to defend a murder? Yes. I just, I don't remember this. Prosecution, your, your witness. Well, there is no witness, my lad. Chill out on the brandy. How can we justify the idea that to kill someone is not wrong. How can we justify the idea, wonderful members of the jury, that somebody who commits something that is generally regarded as completely wrong to be okay? How can we justify this? This man needs to be locked up. He's an animal. He did a thing we all agree is wrong. He murdered an innocent person. He took an innocent life. I believe that the defence attorney for Mr Dirk needs to show a good case why this was not wrong. Defence attorney... You actually want me to defend it? I, I don't even know what to say. Um, so, I think, my lud, that the inability of the defence attorney to defend the action as not wrong is a, an implication of guilt itself. If you cannot state that it is not wrong, then you cannot state that it does not need justice. All right. What do you mean, all right? Well, hold on. I've got something. I've got something. Go on, then. Okay. Dazzle me. Okay, was was John Dirk, is John, was John Dirk you know, three sheets of the wind, was he? Were you saying, was he battered? Was he slashed? Was he a gazebo? Was he, yeah. Was he mortal? Yeah. Was he Gandalf? That's it. Was he? No. He's a God-fearing man. He doesn't get Gandalf. Oh, well, you should be murdering Abby Thomas, but that's on the cards, apparently, in this court case. That never happened. All right, well, he had a minute, didn't he? Everybody, he had a minute! Everybody takes a minute from time to time. Oh, to kill someone? Well, he had an extreme minute. 
<laughs> he had 61 seconds, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I, I, okay, so, uh, all right, so I've got to defend, I've got to defend John Dirk's murder. Nightmare. Um, why, why wouldn't it be wrong? Why wouldn't it be wrong? So, he, uh, well, he might have a good reason to murder it. He might just not like her. Which fit like, not like a face. Careful now. In what way does that make this murder not wrong? Are you, are you pleading justification? Basically so, the face could have caused a chemical reaction in his brain and which he could not control. So. Malud, Malud, I have to interject here. Objection. Abby Thomas has a very lovely face. In what way could this have ever caused an issue of murderous rage? Well, to say, beauty is subjective, so he could have seen, it could have caused a rage because he, he saw Objection, it like... Malud. How can you use the word subjective talking about facial features but then not be aware of the inability to defend this as not an objective thing that was wrong? Yeah. So, he, so he, he sees his face he's not happy with, and then he just loses it. He just flips out like John Duck does, and then he just goes on Objection, Malud. Is, is the defence attorney, my right honourable opponent, really suggesting that the look of someone is acceptable to murder them? Yes. That's it. It's all I got. It's all I got. Defence attorney, you have not appropriately shown the ability to prove that this is not an morally reprehensible behaviour and Jonathan Dirk has been sentenced to a lifetime in jail. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. It didn't happen. Well, that went well. Did it? That go well? Not for John. Or me. Pretty well for me and Abby. He proper boxed me in there. I had to try and defend John Dirk going about murdering Abby Thomas. It was awful. I don't want to do that again. I miss Abby. However, I can take some solace because we can now listen to another recording I took while we were in a parallel universe. Hold on. No, hold on. Wait, what? So not only have you got recordings from court cases that didn't happen, uh-huh. you've got a court case from didn't happen in a universe that doesn't exist. Where'd you get your equipment from? When you say it like that, it's damning. But to be fair, I got them from some bloke called Ray Stance. Ray Stance. I'll play the tape. Play the tape. Okay, well, right, you ready? Let me just cue it up here. On the night of the 7th of March 2017, the defendant, Jonathan Dirk, saw the victim, Abby Thomas, walking along their street. They decided they didn't like the look of this person, so they shot them with a shotgun. At this time, there is no more, no less to this case. <laughs> Defence attorney, please lay out your case. But, okay. It's, I mean, it's the same as last time. I, 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 where do, there was yeah, no last time. Please stick to Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, right, actually. Okay. Yeah, um, didn't like her face. So he, 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 thought, he thought, yeah, don't like her face, so I'm just going to kill her, you know. So, cause, say, as I say, brain reaction, chemical reaction in the brain. Um, just clicked him off and bang, he just went and shot her. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, say no more, fam. You know, that's absolute justification. You didn't like her face, you say. What? I never saw the girl in question. That's a goer. If he didn't like her face... How is this a goer? That's absolutely... Well, that's his belief, and that, you know, you can't say that's wrong. It's scot-free! Absolutely. Oh, you can't say that's wrong, can you? Well, it's, you know, it's up to him. Abby's dead still, though, in this university recording. She's still gone. I mean, yeah, okay, it was the face, but surely, surely that's... No, no, no. It's absolutely fine. Scott free off you go. Please, bailiff, let him out. It's for easy. Please. Man, John, don't need to go behind bars. That didn't go quite the same. I, I, don't I wonder why. What is, what's the difference between the two? Why did they. I'll that... tell you what's the same. Go on. I'll tell you what's the same. Go on. Neither of the events happened. That's the same. No. I don't remember this court case. Well, it doesn't matter. Maybe both of them were in alternate universes. Maybe we were on a B theory of time. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair, is it? <laughs> Plus, I don't believe in a B theory of time. No, but stop that. Okay, go, go, okay. 
So uh, no, hold on. So so what's the difference between the two universes? You Why tell me. Different? You tell me. You're the one who showed me the two the two versions of, of reality. What's the difference? Okay. How does he get away with it in the first? Well, in, he doesn't get away with it in the first. This is my point. Sorry, second. He gets prosecuted in the first because we we know full well that moral objectivity exists, and certain things are wrong. Whereas uh, in, in the second universe, where moral objectivity does not exist, it's moral subjectivity. His belief that Abby Thomas's face was so offensive, which I disagree with completely. Lovely girl. But he's a subject. Got it. Exactly. There you go. He's a subject. So it's a subject to his beliefs and his opinions. Right. So for him, it was justified and therefore and the, the judge... The judge couldn't condemn justified him. Justified it. The judge couldn't condemn him. Absolutely no horrifying. Right. What a ridiculous way to make a point. Well, fine. It has happened. Well, so. If you think it's so ridiculous, maybe you shouldn't have taken part in it. It's kind of on you, really. Well, it's not a bad segue, I suppose. So, second episode, we're going to start laying out the premises for the moral argument. I would like to stop you there a second. When you say not a bad, do you mean brilliant? Brilliant segue. It was a brilliant segue. Thank you. That's right, yeah. Get it right. Okay. So, the first premise to remind you is this. If God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. So. Smooth. So, the thing is, um, yeah, like all these arguments, you've got premises and a conclusion. This is the first premise, so we've got to go about proving that premise. We've got to prove that if God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. But before we get there, you need to know what a moral value and a moral duty is. So, a moral value. A moral value, like all value statements, is the cost of something. So so you'd say, like, so you've got morality, which is the subject, and then what those tags are. So... I would say a moral value, and this is a one I think uh, you'll find affirmed in the Bible, would be it is wrong to kill an innocent person. Oh, I see. So like in a shop. Yeah. So you've got your tag of what it's worth, essentially. It. So what the price of it is. That's it. I see. I can't make sense. So that is the value. So the uh, the moral value being, another one would be uh, it is wrong to take something that is possessed by somebody else. Stealing that, isn't it? Stealing. Oh, I like it. That's it. Not, These are, not stealing, just to be on record. I don't I don't like stealing. Yeah, yeah. I like the way you've explained that. No, yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> that was close. Whatever, dicey. That was dicey. <laughs> you looked like a klepto for a minute there. How <laughs> oh, has that come up? Well, that's what stealing repeatedly is. For I suppose. Compulsive stealing. Is I suppose it is. Mania, I guess so. Right, anyway. So, so, yeah, okay. And then we got a moral duty. Go on, Ed. Take it away. Okay, so um, a moral duty is essentially a moral value um, that is owed to something or someone. Uh, I don't want to get too into it because, of course, we're going to explain this a little bit more uh, later on in the podcast. But a duty is something that is owed to something or someone. Now, my argument would be that it is not owed to something, and this is generally accepted. Uh, it has to be owed to someone. Now, I don't want to get, like I say, too far into it, mm. but it's something that is owed. It's a moral that is owed. So it's something you are obliged to do yeah. in response to someone or something. Rather than a rule to follow. I got exactly. You. Okay, you happy with that? Yeah. Oh, so you know, I was surprised, actually. Oh, God, go on. You know, there was... Normally, when I ask you to... St- I was all ready for that annoying music, but it didn't... Oh. Co- An objective moral duty is a moral value that is not simply rooted in the object itself, but also in relation to how it is owed to someone. For instance, if something were to be owed to someone, it would be duty-bound to make sure that I'll it was... happening anyway you would be sure to make sure that it was fulfilled in the same way as paying a shopkeeper. I wish 
I wish I could find out how you keep doing that. Gift of the Spirit, son. Keep it's telling you. Gift of the Spirit. Gift of the Spirit. It's not. Look in your Bible, it's real not. close. You're mugging me off with sound equipment. And look one of these days. In I'm your gonna... Bible, real close. <laughs> you will find it. You ain't looked hard enough. Stopped it. Jesus has vindicated me for the use of mildly retained music. Enough. Right, so it's let's cause... defend the premise. This is what is the basis for a moral value? So the thing is, is that if God does not exist, objective moral values do not exist. So that means that we have a moral law giver. Mm. Same as a tape measure, I guess you could say. If I say to somebody, uh, what's uh, two centimetres? They can look at the tape measure and show me exactly where two centimetres is because we have the tape measure that defines what the measurements are. It's a little bit more than that because, of course, someone just made the tape measure. But what I'm getting at is that the only way we can talk in the language of morality is when we have an objective basis on which to do it from. Right, I see. So this is similar to something I heard once. It's um, So how do you know a straight line is straight? Yeah. That's exactly the thing. Yeah, there has to be some form of like, a rule giver. Yeah, straightly. Exactly. You can only tell a bent line um, by knowing what a straight line is first. You know a bent line is wrong and not straight because you know what a straight line is. Okay, so in fact, actually, um, to make the case a little bit stronger that without God, without any lawgiver then there is no right and wrong to make the, for the premise. Uh, to cite a prominent atheist, Richard Dawkins, Dawkins uh. to prominent atheist Richard Dawkins uh. from his book, The God Delusion, he said, The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil and no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Hang on a sec. Hasn't he... Um, hasn't he- spoken out about the persecution of the homosexual before? Exactly. Hasn't, hasn't he said that's wrong? Yeah. He, well, he, hang on a sec. Yeah, that's it. Uh, there is at bottom no design, no purples. No evil and no good. So where does he get off telling us? This is it. He'll, he'll say, he'll say th- well, actually, he rode around a bus uh, saying uh, that he put around around Christmas time saying there is no God, he helped pay for it. Oh, no, but doesn't it say God probably doesn't exist? Or there's probably that's no it. God? Yeah, there's right? probably no good, so just enjoy yourself. Of course, meaning the thing is, when he says enjoy yourself, he means don't follow a moral va- value that makes you feel guilt. That's what he's basically getting at, because by enjoy yourself, he means don't follow social but norms. And what if going out and murdering gay people was how I enjoyed myself? Exactly, Ed. Or what if I was in the Ku Klux Klan and I really loved murdering Precisely. People? You've nailed it on the head. That's the problem. So, What if I was Jonathan Dirk and I really wanted to shoot Abby? Didn't happen. It didn't oh, yeah. happen. Well, all right. Okay. Right, fine. Didn't happen. Whatever, but what if, is what I'm saying. Look, what if, the thing is, that's the thing. In his universe, that's fine. That's that's exactly the point. So the problem is, without God, as a, to repeat the premise, if there is no God, there is no objective lawgiver. So there's no objective moral values because there's no one giving them. Right. And that's exactly the problem. So um, he will say, like he just did, there's no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitless indifference, and then go on to say Christianity is evil. He will literally say Christianity is evil, it's not good for the world because it persecutes homosexuals and because it's um, it's a delusion. He'll say it's, it's cruel to teach kids it because it's a delusion. But what I just heard you say is it's not good, it's not good, it's cruel. These are all yeah. moral statements. These are all value statements. These exactly. Value statements. How can you say to a child, that, uh, say to somebody, that what you're teaching the child is cruel if there is nothing if there's nothing to say that teaching something something false, which he believes it is, is cruel, or that persecuting homosexuals is cruel. If I if I went to um, Saudi Arabia and said that, um, yeah, I think you tossing homosexuals off of the top of these buildings is wrong, they would tell me, yeah, no, no, I think it's right. And if we followed the subjective thinking, I would go, yeah, well, actually, because you think it's right, it is. Okay. That's that. Well, that's, that's interesting. So, obviously, we've sort of covered that a little bit with the court case. And, uh, but my question is, 
Can you do good things without God? That's a, that's a good point. So that's that's the thing. What people confuse is they think when I say... So what people might have heard me say there is that Richard Dawkins is not good, which isn't what I said. Atheists can be good. They can do good things. The question isn't, can someone be good without God? It's that, Without believing in God. Without believing in God. It's that, does good exist without God? Can you even use moral language and call anything good or bad if there's no lawgiver? Mm. To which we would say, and I think you'll probably, if you, if you think about this yourself and listen to Karen, listen to the podcast, that the answer is no. No, you can't. There, if there's no lawgiver, if there's no one defining good and evil, then you are subjectively defining it yourself. Well, that was easy. Point, is it? Mine's a mild, I reckon. Yeah, probably just back out. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> That's done, isn't it? That's that finished. Yeah. What else can you say, really? Well. Oh. So it's not a point, then? When there's all of this... <laughs> What do you mean? Uh, There's loads left on the plan, look. Oh, well, I've heard about this thing, Matthew, yeah. called Euthyphro's yeah. <laughs> Dilemma. Oh, have you? Can you please explain it to me, sir? Of course I will. There's an argument that originates from Socrates, written in the books of Plato, and it's called Euthyphro's uh, Dilemma. And what that is, is he would say, to try and knock down the idea that of a lawgiver um, deciding what's good, he would say, well, is something good because God says it is good, or is there something good and God affirms that is good? So when you say God affirms are good, you mean there is something that is already good and then chronologically God says, yes, those things are good. Exactly. Is that what you mean? So you throw a dilemma basically works like this. If you affirm the first one and say that God just decides what is good and if he says it, it's good, the problem with that is that's arbitrary. Um, people will say, well, th- but he could have just said anything. So th- they would say, so if God said that murdering was good, you would say, that's fine then. You'll hear that probably thrown at you. But that's the Euthyphro's dilemma. He could have just said anything. That's what they'll say. They'll say, well, he could have said, if murdering's good, it's good then. And catches that you'll go, yeah. So that means, that, okay, also, so, you, you know, God can just make it up. You can oh, say yeah. anything. With you now. With yeah. you now. Uh, so oh, the, and if you affirm the second one yeah. and say that it, which is, if there are good things and God just affirms they're good, then that means God is now beholden to what Plato called the good, or there's a good thing that God goes, yes, those are things are good, which means he wouldn't be the sole ultimate reality. Whoa, whoa. So there's something abstract other than God called yeah. the good, exactly. and then God is beholden to it, so exactly. God's not an ultimate power. Another timeless, oh. mater- uh, immaterial, uh, oh, limitless bit, yeah. So that's the, d- the dilemma. The idea is that you have to pick one of these. Um, well, that, both is a, of that is a dilemma. Get you in trouble. That is a dilemma. But let me give you some good news. Oh, go on. Well, it's a false dilemma. Is, it, is this the gospel, is it? This is the gospel, it's a false dilemma. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you see, the thing is, there's the middle road. And this is a, this has actually been affirmed by theologians for going on for now, I think, 25 plus years. But for some reason, current atheists, like Richard Dawkins, still peddle it. It's massively annoying. But Uninformed, are they? Yeah, 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 surprisingly. Like, um, weird, that. Yeah, which is the middle road. And that's not that something is good because God says it is good, or that um, there is something good and therefore God says it is good. The middle road is that... God is good. So the thing is, goodness is grounded in his very being. So he only says things that are good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so that like sinks the two of them together, isn't it? That's it. So it's no longer a pick it's one or the dilemma. other. It's just the way it is. Yeah, he is good. He is the very nature of goodness. That's a bit of magic, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really simple. Oh, I like that. Yeah, there you go. So I'm there's the youth of dilemma. I'm glad you asked. 
<clears throat> Might have to force you ask. He did. Because it's on the script. And he did a little bit and but I it's fine. forgot about it. But you missed it. But what's the point of the script ultimately? It's one of them. It. It's not like I did GCC or A-level it's drama. It's, it's, like it's fine for you to just like launch me into like false universes and false scripts, all these things that didn't happen. That's fine. You throw me on the cuff for that. But just vis ball bag around. <laughs> but I'd ask you to read the script. No, boom, nothing. Well, I mean, my time was otherwise taken up, wasn't it? Okay, well. All right, okay, well anyway, so basically what I've got now on the script, thank you, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, without a foundation like a foundation in God, moral values and duties are just culturally relative or they're grounded in the subject, which kind of brings up the problem of if they're subjective and they're due to the person who decides what's good and what's bad. At what point do we legislate this? How do we come to a conclusion that something is good or bad? So as we saw in the alternate reality, uh, where John essentially got away with it, in that instance where the morality was or the moral value was grounded in the subject, ergo subjective, he was able to get away with it because his defence was enough. It was his opinion, it was his belief, it was his bias, as it were. Uh, obviously, we don't see that in the, our reality, no. which is the first instance of the court case. Although we're starting to see it, and that's the scary thing. Well, it's one of those, though, when we see it in this reality and in our world, what we're seeing is an attempt at claiming something that isn't true. Yeah, yeah, people trying to uh, yeah, push it's, a It's like a sleight of hand. It's like when you do those stupid... Sorry... What? Are you about to talk my magic tricks? Yeah, when you do those dumb magic tricks that somehow flummox my wife I and your one-year-old, just, just saying, um, that it's a similar thing. How much effort I have to put in time? Yeah, practice. But, well, the atheists, I'm sure atheists have to put in time and practice into debating their ability to talk about some I can't believe you've just compared <laughs> my immense magic tricks They're not immense. to some atheists. They're depressing. They make me sad. They make me wonder what you did when you were a kid and why you were so lonely. Anyway, so essentially what we're going into is, uh, like, who decides what's good or bad? Is it just pure competition? Like, with the example of... I hate to pick on John all the time, and Abby in this instance, poor girl. I'll tell you what. She'll be all right. I'll tell you what, because you you, you set these things up. I wish I knew going in that you were going to throw me into a fake fake court case. Stop saying fake like you weren't there and involved. (sighs) You can't just... Finish lay the blame off someone else for saying fake. Or just finish point. Just recap it. You were saying. Okay, I was saying it can't just be who decides what's good or bad. Okay, it can't be just pure competition in the case of John and Abby. John said, I don't like your face. Abby said, I don't like your attitude. But John won because he had a shotgun. Mm, yeah. like, it can't be that simple. But it can't. It also can't really come down to the evolutionary argument of the survival of the species. Like, what is most useful for the survival of humankind? That's a, a fairly common evolutionary argument. It definitely is, actually, just to just expand on that. There's this film which I encourage you to go watch on YouTube, and it's called A Cruel Logic. Oh, that no, don't watch that. Watch The Cruel Logic. Don't. Basically what it is, uh, oh. if you can't bother to watch it, I'll explain very quickly. It's oh. a, um, a man it's about horrible. to torture another man. It's horrible. And he's an ethics professor, the guy who's tied in this chair. And the guy about to do the torturing says, like you said, we're just a product of the evolutionary model. We're just, a, we're just um, random machines for propagating DNA. So contrived. <laughs> and he says, so I want to torture you. And he says, you can't. He says, you can't do that. It's, it's, not, it's cruel. I mean, what, what, do you, what you think cruel's wrong, I don't. And then the other person says, so why shouldn't, he said, try and convince me. Why shouldn't I torture and kill you? And he says, because because you shouldn't cause harm to others. And he says, that's a value statement. So that's, like you said, those don't exist. We're just products of, uh, of biology. So I don't have to do, I can do what I want. Quickly, why? And he says, because our species won't survive. And he says, no, you won't survive. Oh. Yeah. 
Because the thing is, on the evolution arguments, people things people forget where they say, well, as a species won't survive, that's what they overlook. No, you mean the weak won't survive. That's exactly the problem. That no, the crawl will win. Crawl isn't that a value statement? That's what I mean. Oh, I see what you're getting at. They'll win. I dream that because no one has any objective moral values. The crawl, the ruthless, will win because they because no one's going to going to stop them because there's no reason for them to stop. Oh, is that a little bit like the animal kingdom? Like yeah. cat versus mouse, cat wins. That's it. We don't call it murder. It's bigger and stronger. It is the uh, the defense of the strongest wins. Yeah. Okay, so we don't we, like yeah. With the instance of a cat killing a mouse, we don't call that murder. They just kill it. That's exactly right. If we're just animals, a um, when a cat kills a mouse, we don't say the cat murdered the mouse. We say the cat killed the mouse. Because yeah. animals don't have moral value, which is, exa- which is exactly what an atheist tries to push. And that's oh. the world you end up in. Does that So that puts us, that gives us more inherent value than anything else on the planet, doesn't it? Exactly. Why would people not like that? Why would people not like yeah, to, to understand? Want to reduce us to animals? Why? Because I, but I, the thing is, they don't live the life. They don't live a life that reflects us like animals. They live every day with making constant moral uh, judgments and moral actions and moral duties. They do this all the time and then deny they exist. And so that but is the point. reason it away. That's yeah. just ridiculous. I, today, literally today, on the day we've recorded this, I did the love of God and the value of humans with the youth. Yeah. And I'll be honest, talking about the love of God and yeah. our value, I got a bit emotional. Got a bit emotional. Yeah, you are soft. Sorry. Hashtag emotion. <laughs> and uh, and I just don't understand how people could want willingly to argue against that, even though they display it regularly. Yeah. Every well, day. this is the thing. It's really annoying. They think they're being um, honest because they, they think the cruel, horrible universe is the honest universe. And they think, that oh, yeah, well, I'm just being true. But the point is then, of course, all of their actions, which are the best things to base anything off, are uh, are completely contrary. They uh, So like I say, they're the start. Richard Dawkins will go around and say the persecution of homosexuality is wrong. And he means it definitively. He thinks that the freedom of the individual is a prized thing. And I partly agree with him. The thing is that, that is a, that's a value statement. Yes. So, you know, so you've just made an objective moral value, which means that you agree with the first premise, which is that if God does not exist, then objective moral values do not exist. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You've brought it back to our original premise. I think we've fairly well. There are lots of other things we could have talk, talked about. Oh, you know, there, there, there are a whole... And, there yeah. are whole there's loads books of stuff written on this. There's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's loads of stuff we could have talked about, but I think you've brought it back to our original uh, point really, really well, Matt. There. So, um, would you like to just summarise? Because I know you heard something recently that you thought was really cool. Yeah, if any of you have ever heard of a, a, a professor, a, a clinical psychologist called Dr. Jordan Peterson, oh, I think. It, oh, young yen, any? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Listen, listen now. Oh, God, go on. All right, Dr. Jordan Peterson, I think, made the point. Uh, from his dream, I think better than uh, than it, it's it, it, than could be made. He was asked in a conversation with a, th- a philosopher and theologian called Dr. William Lane Craig. He was asked, "Blessed be his name." <laughs> he was asked, "Oh, okay," um, because Dr. Jordan Peterson affirmed objective moral values, but wouldn't go that one step further and insist that they were grounded in God, or at least he wouldn't initially. And Dr. William Lane Craig pressed him and pressed him and, uh, you know, asking for an origin. And he didn't answer the question. Then some uh, some uh, 10 minutes elapsed and eventually he said, uh, OK, no, I have an answer to your question. And he said, this is the best way I can answer it. Which is, by the way, effectively a yes. <laughs> this is how it went. He said, I had a dream. He said, and in that dream, there was a graveyard and the, all the graveyards were sunken. He said, I looked over at the, in this dark grave and an arm shot out from the grave uh, where it was sunk in the mud. And it was an arm covered in jewels and gems and rings. And he saw another one, and he said they're exactly the same. In his dream, he thought, these are king's arms. These are the arms of kings and queens and pharaohs of times gone by. 
Um, and eventually there was four, five, six, loads of them popping up. And eventually they fully came out of their graves. And he thought to himself, why don't they fight each other? He thought, now we're going to see it. We're going to see the big battle of the kings. And he said he was waiting for this fight, thinking what's stopping them from fighting each other. And then all the kings turned to a giant cross uh, in the shape of Jesus Christ, the cross being in the center of his body, making up his legs and arms. And they all bowed down to this figure of Christ. The figure turned to him and said, without a king of kings, all you have is warring tyrants. That is deep. That's fantastic. I think, that, do you know what is really annoying? Hmm. We've been recording this. Obviously, the edited version will be a lot shorter, but we've been recording this for just over 30 minutes now. Yeah. And in, what, 40 seconds? Yeah. You've summarised what Jordan Peterson said, and so, it's pretty much encapsulated everything we've been farting around saying. Well, he's a functional genius. He has an IQ of over 280, sir. He's immense, is he? Yeah. 280? Yeah. You haven't had a laugh? No, 260. Oh, well, that's so different. Yeah. I flip it. So he is a genius, yeah. That, well, yeah, he's a literal genius, yeah, then, yeah. He's a genius. Wow, yeah. fair play. Yeah. Still, no. Well, he's not, he's not William Lane Craig, is he? No, actually, no. He, he, <laughs> William Clay. So, anyway, that's the end of the first premise, which was to repeat: if God does not exist, objective moral values do not exist. I would say that we've gone the way to proving that without a God, there is no objective moral values, only subjective, and a little taste of what the world looks like, like that, and a world which none of us live in. For next time, sweet.